Football show. My name is Miles. The Denver Broncos defeat the Buffalo Bills 24 to 22 in a wild Monday night and a sixth game of this week that ends with a field goal as time expires. Now, five game winning field goals was already the record from yesterday. So now that we have six, I mean, we've got to be talking about something that won't happen again for a very long time. Buffalo fans about to barf. Denver fans looking up from their barf with unexpected relief. <laughs> no, it's this is the headline here is Buffalo. Buffalo just the season, the whole season is in question now. And Buffalo fans shuffling out of the stadium the sad version of shout playing over the speakers. How long has, how long has Buffalo been doing shout? Hey, let's go Buffalo. You know, you make me want to shout. Let I don't remember that. I guess I had missed that, but good thing. They have a sad version. Hey, Buffalo. <laughs> Just kidding. This is a joke. They do not have a sad version of the 1959 Isley brothers hits shout. Wild game. Wild game. Buffalo did absolutely everything they could to lose. Four turnovers, a turnover on downs at midfield, and yet, just for some reason, they were in the game. It was tied at 15. They they go take a one-point lead, 22-21, to 20, 21, with only Russell Wilson standing in their way of, of pulling out another, another, you know, one out of the hat. Josh Allen's Wild ride. That's what we were thinking. And Josh Allen's wild ride, by the way, has a partner. Captain Josh Allen's wild ride, Deputy James Cook, who was just fumbled on the first play. They fumbled a snap together. And then James Cook on that 42-yard run fumbles it like mid-run and just picks it up in stride, which the box score for that play <laughs> is, okay, I'm trying to find it here. Deputy James Cook. Okay, James Cook. James Cook officially goes as a nine-yard run to the 49, fumble, recovered by James Cook at the 45, 429 yards. So that's that's the box score. A nine-yard run to the 49, fumble, recovered by James Cook at the 45, 429 yards. All in all, a 42-yard game. And that final drive where they went ahead, they did everything that Kirk, my brother, on the you may recognize him from the preview shows has been saying buffalo commit to the ground game and that's what they did right after that wild 42 yard gain instead of punishing james cook like they did in the early part of the game they went right back to him for six yards then for 13 yards then one more yard to the seven yard line they just gave it three more times to james cook before josh allen ran the ball and there wasn't a pass on that drive and you're thinking, man, Buffalo did it. Because Russell Wilson and the Broncos, I mean, the offense, the Broncos offense mostly missing from this game. That's 
how we can have a tie game and losing by one despite all of these Buffalo blunders. I mean, you know, Russell Wilson did have his, his touchdown to Sutton uh, at the beginning of the game, which was the first, like, flash of Seahawks Russell Wilson I've, I've seen in a while. That was a classic Seattle Seahawk Russell Wilson touchdown uh, <laughs> to Sutton, where he juked guys out, did his little roundabout way, which he hasn't been doing as good lately because of his, his limited maneuverability. Better this year than last year, but... And then just, you know, he lofts it up five yards out of bounds on purpose with the receiver getting a perfect toe tap. That's just vintage Russ right there. But I mean, they had so many good field positions squandered. He's checking it down over and over on third and long. It was bad. Uh, they got it going a little bit. Uh, Javonta Williams touchdown. That's what put the Broncos up before the James Cook drive, uh, put the Bills back up. And then that final drive. You know, they they moved it. Russell Wilson had a few big third down conversions, one to P. Ryan, one to Judy. You know, they were doing pretty good. They got it into field goal range. And then this this wild ending sequence in which, okay, so it's second and four, just barely into field goal range. And the Buffalo Bills go engage eight on second down. As Troy Aikman is saying, the only thing you can't do is take a sack. And they sack Russell Wilson because he has no idea what to do with the blitz. And Denver fans are just barfing all over themselves. Now it's third and 10. And the Bills are going to do this engage eight again. Want to get him even further out of field goal range or just make sure that he doesn't get the, the six yards back. And this time, Russell just lofts one up absolutely middle of the field. Just there's a lot of guys blitzing. So the middle of the field must be open. He just lofts it up. It's a severely underthrown ball. The ugliest type of pass interference happens. Jerry Judy, who roasted his guy coming back to the ball and flags and Buffalo fans are just barfing all over themselves. And it's, it's just, I, I don't like that call. Um, but I, I understand it. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But so Broncos, then they kneel three times, but the twist was they didn't have any timeouts. So on the third kneel down with 24 seconds left, they have no timeouts. So they kneel and the offense sprints off the field and the field goal unit sprints back on the field for the game winning field goal. And this is a, a unit that had missed two extra points. One, one off the crossbar, one uh, fumbled snap and misses it. Wide right, all that work, all the PI and everything, and Denver fans are just barfing all over themselves. Flags. The game was over there. The game was over. Buffalo won. Flags. 12 men on the field. This is why they lost. This is why Buffalo lost. 12 men on the field on a miss wide right. Inexplicable. Inexcusable. It's unbelievable. And the redo from the 18-yard line, Lutz hits this one in, and Buffalo fans are just barfing all over themselves. A lot of barf going on in Colorado and uh, upstate New York today. A lot of barf tonight, I should say. What a sequence. I mean, unbelievable. And, you know, people are criticizing Sean McDermott for, the, for that, the second time he called the engage eight on, on Russell Wilson, the full blitz. I didn't hate it. I mean, Russell Wilson couldn't handle it anyway. The real crime is that the, the defensive back got so burned. You know, I, I hate 
looking at those underthrown pass interference calls. It's just, God, it's so ugly, and it it rewards a bad throw. But to get that call, you know, the receiver burns the defensive back, right? I mean, he's way out there for a reason. I mean, so something did happen bad. What 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 it angers me more for Buffalo fans is why was that DB playing so tight and why did he get roasted so thoroughly? Yeah, ugly, ugly way for a game to end. And the 12th man on the field outdoes that. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Oh, the, I can't believe that. The pass interference, the missed field goal wide right, and then the 12th man on the field. It's... <laughs> He's just he's such a crazy swing. Nobody wanted to win this game. Not the worst wide right in Buffalo history, but the only, the only solace I can give to Buffalo fans is your team is not good right now. And I know that doesn't sound like solace, but you can get better. There's there's still the core. You still have Josh Allen. It's still the core here. I mean, I guess some I you know, five and five is an accurate record. For the, for the Buffalo Bills we have seen so far. He shouldn't have won this game and that Giants game on Sunday Night Football. Didn't deserve to win. Didn't deserve to go 2-0 and across these two games. He deserved to go 1-1 and across these two games. So I'm just saying, 5-5 five and five is accurate, and you can get better. Teams get hot. You have Josh Allen. You still have a chance. You know, and it, and it, it sucks. I mean, you got a tough schedule coming. You have the Jets next week. And then, then the gauntlet. These are supposed to be the buffer games. Because then Philadelphia, Kansas City, and Dallas. We're all of a sudden talking like, is Buffalo going to make the playoffs? Sorry, Buffalo. Not fun. Muckle Teal Football Show. This show is football, everything. NFL history, legacy, ups and downs of a season. We have shows Monday after Monday Night Football, Thursday after Thursday Night Football, and Sunday after Sunday Night Football. Week 10 is in the books. A lot has happened since uh, the Germany game. But let's go back there. You know, we kind of forget about that Colts-Patriots game in which some wild stuff happened at the end of that game, too. Probably because we had six walk-off field goals on stateside over here. But back in Germany, Colts-Patriots were going at it. And yeah, it was weird to see them in an ISO game Without Tom Brady, without Peyton Manning, you know, these two uniforms clashing as the only game on used to be a big deal. I mean, there were sure, sure there was some luck and Brady, you know, tussles, but no, no Peyton, no Brady anymore. It's Mac Jones versus Gardner Minshew. And maybe the end of Mac Jones, to be honest, because this, this game ended with a wild sequence in which it was 10 to 6, Colts are leading. Patriots are driving. Mac Jones has an open receiver and just miss throws the ball and it's an interception at the goal line instead of a touchdown at the back the back line of the end zone. It's I mean, ugh, it's about as bad as you can be when you got Bill Belichick on your sideline, I imagine. Bill O'Brien, we saw Bill O'Brien yelling at Mac Jones earlier. And then the Colts of course don't get anything. It was 10 to 6 like I said. They punt and Bailey Zappi Runs out there. Mac Jones has been benched for the two-minute drive. Bailey Zappi, of course, also shaky. Throws a you know, just an embarrassing fake spike. Then 
into triple coverage to some receiver who sucks because of all the Patriots receivers. I don't even know who it was. I know he sucks, though. <laughs> oh. And they lose. Patriots lose, and Bill Belichick, some emotion on the sideline you haven't seen from him, pulling that beanie down over his face. Golly. Now they got the bye. This is the end of Mac Jones, right? I mean, this has to be. You know, I, I, I remember saying when Mac Jones was drafted, Mac Jones should just go into Bill Belichick's office and say, tell me every single thing Tom Brady did down to like where he ate and what he did in his personal life. And I'm going to do it too. And now that it's been three years, I'm thinking, did Belichick even know what Brady did for him? Did Belichick even know how much weight Brady carried in that locker room and, and helped implement the things that Belichick, who is, you know, who is an amazing coach, one of the best coaches of all time, but you got to have that, that deputy, you know, you got to have that, that, that lead under you that is, that is revered by the team who buys in. And Mac Jones just wasn't that guy, you know, and I think it's done. <laughs> I truly do. Um, you know, we definitely can say, because I, I always have this thing about like the, the quarterbacks who replace the longtime franchise quarterbacks, you know, like the, the ceiling is, you know, Steve Young replacing Joe Montana or Aaron Rodgers replacing Brett Favre, you know, or even Andrew Luck replacing Peyton Manning. You know, Mac Jones is nowhere near there, but he's also not, you know, Quincy Carter replacing Troy Aikman. He's not Jameis Winston replacing Drew Brees. So I was kind of looking at that. In the replace a Hall of Fame franchise quarterback rankings, he's more just just below post Marino, Jay Fiedler, and probably right with post Elway, Brian Greasy. Because Jay Fiedler at least had two playoff seasons and then soured. Brian Greasy had one playoff season and then soured. Mac Jones as well, one playoff season and a sour. So kind of a shame. Maybe he won't be back. Maybe this will sound stupid. Maybe he will be back and this will sound stupid, but I don't know. Let's get to something something more. One of the one of the six games that wasn't <laughs> another one of the six games that wasn't a walk-off field goal was the Vikings. Dobby, the magical Viking story. I cannot I, this is this is an unbelievable story. The Vikings handle the Saints while, you know, Derek Carr on the Saints side did absolutely nothing. They he got hurt. They brought in the aforementioned Jameis Winston who was full roller coaster. <laughs> Full roller coaster, right on brand, throwing wild picks and wild touchdowns. Vikings win it. Dobbs with, with his legs, with his arms. This is a wonderful story, a fun story, but a bittersweet story. You know, I, I said it in the mid-season episode. All of this is just serving to prove what we suspected, that this Vikings team is special and would have been Possibly Super Bowl special with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson on his way back. I, you know, I, I picked them to make the playoffs. I think they will make the playoffs. I think they got this five-game winning streak. It could keep going. They play Denver next week and Chicago the week after that. And they just beat the Falcons and the Saints, who, whichever one of them doesn't win the NFC North, or maybe Tampa Bay comes in, but figured to be their main competition for the, for the seventh wildcard seed there. But, I mean, that's their ceiling, in my opinion. Then again, my opinion, you know, we may want to take with a grain of salt. After the Vikings uh, traded for Josh Dobbs on that um, 
that Tuesday after the Kirk Cousins injury, I said it was a nothing burger. <laughs> meant that, it, that that trade meant nothing. That's what I said. So you can take some solace in that, Vikings fans. <laughs> Last team I want to talk about is the 49ers and the Jags. That game. 49ers are back. Jaguars suck. <laughs> Six-game winning streak, Jaguars. Three-game losing streak, 49ers. The 49ers were favored on the road. That's how the NFL so crazy, we can see the craziness coming. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, he had uh, no points. <laughs> he has 46 touchdowns in 43 career games. Gosh, is it 44 career games? Did I calculate that wrong? But anyway, he's got about, about one touchdown per game. This is not, I mean, Elway third year, Peyton Manning third year, Andrew Luck third year. Look at these generational prospects. He's clearly short. I don't think anyone's still saying Trevor Lawrence generational. We're far enough away from Urban Meyer that we're, we're all kind of still wondering. But where, where are we at? You know, I mean, he's playing well. He's certainly, certainly not in the position Mac Jones is, or certainly, you know, far above where Zach Wilson is, also from the 2021 class. But you hear some people say he's playing well and being let down. Others say he's the one underperforming. I don't know. The, the last half of this season, you know, we usually just see it, right? Even Josh Allen, who we say is the example of, of a quarterback who uh, improved out of nowhere, his rookie year, especially the back half of his rookie year, he was putting up numbers, man, numbers. That's when I was calling him the new Cam Newton, not an insult at all. So we, we're kind of playing like we play kind of fudgy things with our memories there. Tua is really the only quarterback who has sucked for a long time and then ascended. But there's Mike McDaniel. There's a Mike McDaniel of all that. So I don't know. We're still yet to sort all that out. Worried about Trevor Lawrence. 49ers are back. They're an unstoppable juggernaut again. It's just a math problem. Too many good players on the field. When you have Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, McCaffrey all out there with Trent Williams back out there anchoring the line, what are you going to do? And then a, a, a pet storyline for this podcast the whole time has been uh, Christian McCaffrey's touchdown streak. It ends. Oh, such a bummer. Ends at 17. Doesn't get that 18th in a row. Thank you, 49ers, for trying. They definitely tried. I mean, I don't, they did try. They gave him the ball four times when they were up by 31 points in the red zone, trying to get him that touchdown. You know, just couldn't do it. Ironically, the reason that they couldn't get this, uh, couldn't get McCaffrey's touchdowns, they kept sc scoring touchdowns from too far away. Like Kittle had the 66 yard touchdown. They weren't even getting in the red zone. Kittle, 66 yard touchdown. Debo had the 23 yard touchdown. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk's had the 22 yard touchdown. It's like they just weren't even getting in the red zone to start to choose who could score. But I still contend this is the most impressive streak. Uh, in NFL history, because it includes playoffs, unlike LaDainian Tomlinson's, which now is one game more than McCaffrey. So that's going to be a nightmare. But Tomlinson's not a streak because he he did. There's a playoff game in there. He didn't score. That's why they have to say regular season. And Lenny Moore's, who he's tied with, isn't really a streak to me either, because it's not consecutive for the Baltimore Colts fans. 
because Lenny Moore had a streak going, got hurt, came back at the next year and scored every game that year and then put up a dud, a zero. The whole team put up a zero in the playoffs. McCaffrey, at least the streak ends on a positive note. I don't know, but it's messy. I wanted it to be clean. I wanted McCaffrey to just just break them all so that it would be a clean record from here on. But, ah, you'll win some, you'll lose some. All right, my name is Miles. We'll be back Thursday to preview week 11. Let's get it going.